so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and I'm back in the host seat again tonight for another episode. And joining me tonight is uh, Ben. How are you? Good, good. Uh, one of these fireside chat editions when it's just me and you. Yeah, we all we always say that we'll just do a quick short one, just the two of us, but it never <laughs> ends up that way. We'll see how we get on tonight. We will. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, there's well, three games to cover, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go as quick as we can, really. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's right. We're going to cover three games, Ben. So we're going to do... Um, I think since the last podcast, the uh, Champions League fixture against Bolton, um, and we'll preview uh, this week's uh, fixture against Frankfurt as well quickly while we're there, and then we'll move on to Ligue 1 and uh, we will talk about the Classic against uh, PSG, and then we will cover last night's game against Lens. So, um, a couple of uh, disappointing fixtures in the league uh, to recap but nonetheless it's uh, it's what we do um, and what we put up with so um, just the two of us as we said tonight so uh, you know you're stuck with us but um, <laughs> we are the originals um, <laughs> anyway I was going to say the A-team but that may be taking it too far um, so if you can remember going back to Sporting so I think we, we previewed that game the second tie against Sporting we previewed in the last um, yeah. episode and we obviously we'd won what was it 4-1 in the first tie so we went into the second one kind of maybe I think I, actually I think I remember in the podcast we were still some of us were saying we were going to lose myself included because we thought Sporting at home would get their shit together they wouldn't have the yeah. um, the goalkeeper there they wouldn't um, yeah they you know wouldn't maybe get someone sent off you know so things might go a bit more smoothly more to plan for them um it didn't again did it It kind of right from pretty early on sort of went our way once again it seemed like it was another one of those nights for sporting where it was just everything was going wrong for them and uh i think um like our success again like the first game was a lot you know down to sporting's inability to just like have a good night you know just like everything beat going against them um before I ask like your opinion on this though, just looking at the, I mean I'm 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 saying this like um I'm I'm making this seem like we were very very lucky, but like just looking at just looking at some of the data from the game, it's quite shocking. And you know, bear in mind, Sporting had ten men again, so they had another guy sent off. But like sixty nine percent possession to Marseille in this one, sixteen shots to four. Do you think that's a true reflection of the match? Um yeah, I mean. When you um yeah I'm just thinking back to the predictions I think I predicted something like a one one draw 
and uh, you and and, Je- and Jeremy will like now will we'll lose their they'll get their shit together and, and they didn't as you said but um you know beyond the fact I think they got their sending off what when we when we got the penalty um and and you know it was a clear penalty but prior to the penalty I think it was after what 24 minutes or something like that prior to the penalty we we were we were really really good um. I think it's, you know, I can honestly say personally, I think it was one of our best away performances in the Champions League in, in the last 15, 20 years. Um, you know, I was we were just all over them in terms of the pressing, the aggressivity. Um, we, we They hardly touched a ball in the first 20 minutes. They, they tried a couple of incursions, but uh, Bailly and then Memba were, were, were solid. Um, and and th- we just choked them, really. Gendouzi and Arit were running rings around their midfield. They just couldn't cope with us. And we were creating quite a few chances. Um, and then we, we, I think it was on a really well um, sort of com- combined play on the right wing. Um, we play it into Sanchez. He just gets hacked down. You know, the defender just, just completely loses his head and hacks him down because he's through on goal. Um, gets sent off. We score from the penalty, I, rec- I believe. Yeah, Genduzi scores from the penalty spot. That's right. Yeah, and then uh, and then Sanchez doubles our lead um, through again another another brilliant play by by Aminarit, um, who gets it out to Cruz and and crosses for for Sanchez. So we deserved our win. Um, certainly, we all know. Yeah, the red card probably helped, but but again, over those two games, you know, it's it's maybe a bit half of um, half and half of. We were we were pretty damn good, and but but Sporting were pretty damn poor. Um, in and you know notwithstanding the the red cards and and the stupid goals they conceded in the first leg and and the red card in the second leg, um, they, they just weren't you know they didn't look good at all. I mean, either either our game plan was really solid and and Tudor had their number, um, or or they just didn't turn up, and I think it was a bit of both really. Yeah, um, I think so. I think that we were very, as a result of the, the sending off largely, I think we were very in control of the match. But I did feel that we didn't really capitalise in the second half, you know, with the extra man. I think we could have really, like, gone for, um, you know, a, to try and put on a bit more of a kind of um, a show, um, something a bit more spectacular, because they were clearly down and beaten. And yeah, we just kind of were a little bit um, gun shy in the end. Um, I mean, the game was never in doubt, but I think that it would have been nice to see us try and just sort of like stick it to them um, and show that we are a better side rather than just a bit of a lucky side. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the only criticism I really had about it. But yeah, but yeah it was that, kind of like it seemed just everything just seemed to go to plan for us. Yeah, just just on the shots, as you were saying, we had like 16 and, and I think like seven or eight of them came in the second half, right? Because they were down to 10 men and we, we were smothering them. Um, but I don't, I don't remember us getting more than one on target in the second half. No. Um, and there, there was a lot of um, there's a lot of possession. It, it, it reminded me slightly of um, of Sampoli last year, you know, the, the sort of passion. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that, yeah. Yeah, not, not, not really going for it, not really being direct. Um, and, and, you know, part of that is, is it makes sense in a way, you know, don't want to, 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 to sort of um, push too far forward and, and concede the goal that puts them back in it, even if they're down to 10 men. Um, so it was, it was more control um, and it was less frenzied and, and, and less... Um, less direct, um, and, and 
I think the, my main concern in the second half was very quickly, they were just fucking hacking every one of our players, weren't they? Like Sanchez got hacked. Um, Arid got brought down a few times. Tavares was getting battered on, on by, by his, his right back. Um, they were just kicking, fouling, and they were pretty cynical challenges. I thought they were lucky to not go down to nine men again. Um, and it, I think my feeling then was, for fuck's sake, if we're going to play control game and, and we're not going to go for it, and we're just content to pass it back, sub, sub those guys off. You know, stop them getting kicked because clearly when we have the luxury of being able to do so, and now that it's pretty clear, I think it's for the past five, past five games, we, we've more or less played the same lineup. Um, he's found his starting 11, but they, they need a breather. So you need to, you know, you need to bring the subs on in, in the games when you can afford to, to, get, to give those guys a breather, especially if they're getting kicked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I, I think we'll just kind of sum this one up quickly. We'll finish this one off because um, we've got a few games to cover that I think we'll probably go into a bit more detail. But um, just, I think, the key takeaway with this game was that it's, we came away with two sort of well, we're back-to-back victories against Sporting and Champions League. And I don't know when the last time we won two games in a row in the Champions League. Under, was, under the show. Under yeah, the so exactly. So such a long, what, 2011, I think. 2012, um, I think, yeah. 12. No, it'll be 11. Was, was it not? Oh, maybe you're right. Um, but yeah, so... A very very long time ago, um, and you know, given our recent form in the Champions League, yeah, just a bit of a surprise for us, um, and it gives us some kind of like new hope going into the last two fixtures. So, um, well, we looked kind of down and out, no chance of qualifying after losing mm. um, the first couple, and now with two victories, we're kind of back in it. We're actually second in the group technically um, ahead of Sporting because of. Uh, well, goal difference and no head-to-head, isn't it? Well, it's head-to-head we, head in the group stage, yeah. Yeah, um, so because they're head-to-head, we're, we're actually ahead of them. Um, well, our goal difference is better than Sporting's, but that doesn't matter unless the head-to-head's the same, doesn't it? Um, so we've got Frankfurt coming up next, I believe. Um, that's kind of an interesting game. Frankfurt are actually sitting bottom on four points, but I think in this group, we can't really, like, you know, between Marseille, Sporting, Frank, and even Spurs, like, I think anything can really happen, even though you might have like particular favourites like Spurs, for example, should really expect to qualify. But I think all the, the teams are sort of on, you know, they're close enough on points and, and on level as well that I suppose anything can really happen in any game we could lose um, and maybe take a result. But anyway, Frankfurt are bottom. They're our next challenge. They've already beaten us in this tournament. Um and maybe you know a bit of an annoying defeat it was but um not like decide that they were last year it seems but um still a really difficult game for us this week what what do you think looking ahead to frankfurt do you think we can pull off another result or do you think we just had maybe sporting or just like our we're just all made sporting are all made for us if that's the right <laughs> expression you know what is it what's going to happen um, yeah, look, we'll take the wins, obviously. Huh? We, we, we put an end to, to yet another abysmal run of losses in, in Champions League um, in, our, in, our, in our recent history. Um, and, and if anything, um, for me, you know, the, the, the initial ambition was get, get third place at least, because I think it's crucial, like last year, with, with the size of squad that we have, if we want to keep everybody motivated and involved going into the World Cup and coming out of it, they need to, they need to know that they're going to have 
games where they're going to be able to play um, in midweek. And, and Europa League's pre- preferable because you'd like to think that you would go a bit further, at least, you know, quarterfinals. I'm not saying all the way. I'm not saying I, I want us to play that many games, but at least, you know, four games or six games so that the likes of Payet and Jason and Under, they, they stay motivated. They know they're going to get their chance that's if they don't they don't work their way back into the first team during um, during the World Cup and convince Tudor while the others away that, that they're worth something. So that's part of it. Um, I think with the results we, we're in pretty good you know shape to at least finish third, and that's probably the more likely likely outcome. Um, to, to echo your sentiment about you know Frankfurt and, and Tottenham and, and and playing them at the right time. If you if you look, I was looking actually just now. All four of us are in pretty fucking dire form <laughs> domestically um, over the last four games. I think Tottenham have only won one. Um, we've only won one over the last four games. Uh, Frankfurt have won two, I believe, and Lisbon have won two. But so you know, Tottenham have just come out the back of a, an embarrassing home loss to, to Newcastle this afternoon. Um, Kayleigh will be happy about that. And then you, you, you sort of look at them and you're like, right, we're relying on them to beat Sporting at home, which they should do. And then we if we win, we're through. Um and we've our record in Germany is not that bad. Um, you know, we went to win away in Dortmund um in in 2013. Uh we went to we, we went to Bayern and, and didn't get embarrassed. We you know we struggled but we didn't get embarrassed. But um you'd like to think this is it, right? I mean if you win this game the pressure's off for the for the, the the last game, and maybe we can rotate, um, you know, because the Spurs result won't matter. We'll already be through to the next round. I'm 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 thinking it's going to be a draw, um, and and that's enough for us to cement third place, um, barring you know barring um, Frankfurt smashing Lisbon on the last day, last day of the season, because then we'd 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 be fourth on on head to head, but. Yeah, I, it's it's very hard to call just because of of our domestic form, which we're gonna we're gonna elaborate on in a minute. But yeah, I, I, I'm predicting a one-one draw. Okay, um, I think I'm probably thinking some like in terms of scores. I'm I think I'll probably pick something similar to you, maybe one-one. Um, I said you know Frankfurt, I don't think look like as good as the team last year, but this form is still pretty good. There's like four wins out of the last five. They're sitting fourth in the league. They're actually only three points off the top. Um, I know like um, Union Berlin are having a bit of a, a, a freaky season leading the, the Bundesliga, but yeah, so I mean, they're still a good side. They clearly like got the shit together in um, this season. I think they had a bit of a slow start. Um, there is quality in the side. Um, yeah, I think that maybe it is a bit more of a difficult game than sporting perhaps was um given the beaters as well already mm, yeah one one i think maybe i don't i could say we could lose actually i could pick that easily but i don't yeah, want I'm, to when i say I one, 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 pick it, that's yeah. probably yeah when i say one one i'm thinking in the terms of that's probably the best outcome for, yeah for yeah exactly yeah but yeah i could easily see us losing one nothing um but i think you know we've got to put the league behind us. I know our league form has been poor the last couple of games, but you know our Champions League form has been good, and I think we've got to go into this game, you know, with that hat on um, and yes, sort of be un- unaffected, yeah, by yeah, the different. recent games in France. 
you know, different competition, different different ways of playing. Teams teams aren't as defensive as they are, they are in Ligue 1, they, especially Frankfurt, right? They'll have to go for it. So they need yeah. to win to give themselves any chance of, of qualifying, let alone for the Europa League. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a different kettle of fish. But um, and and you know, as as we, you mentioned, like, our league form has been bad in terms of results, but actually, yeah, in terms of play, um, it's not been as as dire as the results suggest. Yeah, and I think maybe there's a good time then to sort of move on to that. So, um, they've had two pretty big games actually um, in the last week uh, in the league. So obviously last. Oh, last week we had Le Classique, uh, so you know what should be our most exciting game of the season, but it isn't because we get whipped every year. <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously we were up against uh, our arch rivals Paris Saint Germain, and um, it's quite an interesting game actually. I thought um, so. We lost one nothing. Um, I don't think, even though we were beaten and. Um, clearly PSG are levels above us this season or, I mean they always are but I mean PSG particularly this season even in this game you could see that we're you know two very different mm. levels these, these they're at two very different levels these two sides but I don't think we were out of the game entirely um, at any point I think that although we you know it wasn't the best performance we put against them it's certainly not one of the worst ones we've, we've put in um, in one of these um, ties in recent years, uh, I think that, yeah, we were always like, had one foot still in the match, you know, capable of maybe pulling off a, a you know, a, I say an upset, but like, but I, I don't, in terms of pulling a goal back. Um, getting a result, yeah. Yeah, getting a result. Um, it was, it wasn't, it was never sort of real impossible until uh, Gigo got sent off, I think. Um yeah. And then I think after that, it just kind of, you know, it's like kind of accepted our fate. But yeah, I think, um, you know, from my view anyway, like I didn't ever feel like we were going to get the result, but I felt pleased to some extent with the performance, even if it was like far from perfect. I think we showed some nice stuff um, at times and um, we weren't completely like there to just, sort of hand them the victory like there was some in- intent um from the players to try to try and challenge them and 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 and, and, and try and score at, at um the part of the prance but um i don't know like what about you like i mean i just say like it, yeah as i said it wasn't the worst performance there so I'm, i was kind of like okay it's three points you expect to lose i think at least we didn't go there to get embarrassed um but i wasn't gonna like lose any sleep over it what about you Similar, um, I think you know when we when we when we previewed it. Um, I think the the main thing that, that I what I wanted and didn't want was a repeat of the last few years when we've been there and just not even attempted anything. And it, it was spirited, and that's 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 all I was hoping for was you know win or lose, we show that actually we finally you know this team and 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 the way that the, the discipline and the structure and all of all of these elements that, that Longoria, Riberta and Chudo trying to bring, and it's been a couple of years for, for Longoria, right? In terms of as as not not you know being embarrassing anymore, and, and as having players with profiles and mentalities that, that we we have a bit more belief in these big games, and it's working. It takes time, and we're not going to beat them overnight. And <clears throat> you know there was a time when uh, best part of eight years when the games against PSG were were our two only 
Champions League level, you know, gala fixtures of the season. And that's why probably a lot of people hinge a lot of hope on the game and, and, and you know, always, always hope that they're going to be surprised that we're going to, we're going to pull off an upset and all of that. But gradually, I think, you know, this, this year and last year, certainly we, we never got a Barry Stever. We just didn't play when we went there in, in the second game uh, towards the end of the season. But uh, yeah, I just think that the, the players and the club and the way we approach the games are different. And it's, it's part of winning games against Lisbon and, and whatever may happen in, in the Champions League. So, so adapting to that level and the demands of that level, um, soon you would like to think that we, we, we're at least competing with PSG consistently, as in, even if we lose, but we we, we, we go from beating, we, you know, we beat them every once every four or five games instead of, of beating them once every 25 games. So I think that's clearly the long-term plan. And the, the mentality was there. We played them, we caused them a few problems without either... Um, as you say, it was it was a bit it's a bit frustrating because even though we, we created a few difficult you know difficult situations for them and, and there were a couple of overlaps by Tavares and Klus, there, there was no clear danger apart from a couple of clear cut opportunities that we had. Um, one of them should have been a, a, a stonewall penalty on Klus. Um, the other was I think it's uh, I can't remember who it was who scuffed their shots straight at the keeper or something, but. Was it in Bemba? No. I think it might have been. Oh no, that was last night. That was last, that was night. last night. Um, um it's yeah, it's the same result at the end of the day. However, I mean, maybe it, I think he had a couple of chances, and that's all I can really remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Mm. But um but I guess the you know the sort of conclusion is I mean it, it, it must have been well not difficult for Trudeau. I don't think he would have done any anything differently anyway, but you know, he, he has to go there and, and we have to go there and attack because of that expectation that, that a lot of the fan base have that, hey, we, we you know, let's let's show we, we've got balls and character and kick them around a bit and, you know, show them we can compete and stuff. So, so you can't go ultra defensive and I, he's not that type of coach anyway. And and the way we've been playing, you, you can't, you could have, you know, you take some encouragement going, yeah, we are going to cause them issues. We've got some very physical players and Bailly and then Bemba were, were really good at times in that game. However, you know, if you're being realistic when in the, in the assessment, um, Paul Lopez saved that bacon in the first half. We could have been four, four goals down at half time very easily, like we have been many times before over the last few years. And, um, you know, Lopez saved us and, and Mbappé didn't have his shooting boots on. Um, Messi hit the bar with, with a great free kick and, um, you know, it could have been hiding at half time, but but you can't win, right? If you're too dull, if you go there and you defend, you get you, you get slaughtered in the press and the fan base, and if you go there and attack and and, and lose five nil, you get slaughtered too. So it, I think it was probably the, the you know the fairest outcome and, and the best outcome for him and the staff and, and the players, which was we didn't get embarrassed, we got beat, we had a few chances, we're getting closer to them, but we're not quite there yet. Let's kick on from here. But again. You know, we, 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 every fucking time we record, this, there's a refereeing debate and it's it's just consistent. And it's not just us. It's, you know, Nantes got robbed by Nice earlier. The, the ref awarded really dubious penalty. Um, it's just it's just so fucking frustrating when, as you say, you're hoping you're going to get the result. And that, that's, that was it. That was the chance, right? That was if we get a penalty there, he gets sent off. And suddenly we equalise, and I, I doubt we would have pushed on for the win. But at the very least, you're thinking, right, we've, we've done what we came here to do. We got lucky. We rode the pressure in the first half, didn't concede. We've now equalised. They're down to 10 men. 
you know, we, we that, this is it. We can we can manage the game and get at least a point, and everybody will be happy because we put in the spirited performance. But uh, it, I don't want to hide behind it. I don't, I don't know what you thought of the incident. Uh, the close incident. Yeah. So uh, is it Bernat who, who just pulls his shirt back and pretty much wraps his arm around him? Yeah. Him I didn't. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think it was probably a penalty, but I didn't really, um, it didn't bother me as much as maybe other fans. I wasn't really clinging to it because I think that, um, well, maybe I'm just kind of a bit sort of um, sort of given up in these sort of things in these games yeah, very, very because blasey. it always happens. Yeah, I just come blasé to it. So it's um, it always happens to us. But yeah, I don't know if it re- I don't know if. It, how much it would have changed the outcome of the game because I kind of feel like, um, well, the PSG goal came right at the end of the first half, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, nah, mean, just, I, I, I he should have sent him off as well, right? So if, if yeah, I, I suppose yeah, because if it's off. yeah, if it's a penalty, then it's a red card, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, I guess so, but I, I kind of, I don't know. I mean, it, it didn't. It, Probably would have missed the penalty anyway. No, I mean we probably wouldn't, have, but like, would it? Yeah, I mean, if maybe if they got someone sent off, then yeah, it does change the the game significantly, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I get maybe I don't know if I'd really given it as much thought. I kind of just I was a bit more pissed off at the um, Gigo's red card, to be honest. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I I get oh. I know I, I understand that he's like oh he's off the ground, so it's actually you know automatically it's deemed very dangerous. But I just kind of thought. I don't even know if he actually touched them, but uh, even I mean I guess that's not the rule if it is a rule, but um. But well, yeah. I think it's, it I think it's yeah, I think it's everything stuff. You know, you 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 the Parc des Princes away to PSG, Turpin's the ref, it's Neymar. You know that whether you touch him or not, he's gonna he's gonna just theatrically exaggerate whatever minimum contact, if even if there is none. So. It, it, you know, it's a bit brainless, really. That's that's my reflection. Uh, when he I saw doesn't it come across like a very smart player on the pitch, does he? Though that guy, he's exactly. just, he's well, a bit he's, of a dog. Like you know, he's a bit like Alvaro Gonzalez for me. Yeah. He's, he's, he's all brawn. I'm not um, sure he's as good as Alvaro. He's better on the ball, yeah. But yeah. like, I don't know if he's actually better than Alvaro. He's just—he seems a, he's not as good defensively. I think Alvaro was a bit more steady as a defender. Chico, like, is—he's—he's—he's he's, he's made a few mistakes already. He's um, he's very yeah. And so I don't know. Like, um, Alvaro had that kind of. Um, you know, he was dirty as well, and he really got under opponent's skin. He had a bit more composure, but, though. He was, he, he, Alvaro kind of reminded me of the kind of Italian defenders, you know, they just like, know, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're good at it, you know, he's, he's good at, he's got his limitations, but he, he's, he's a, he's a good all-round defender, and he just knows how to like, um, you know, piss his opponent off and mark them, and yeah, just be a, a, a frustrating, um, yeah, defender things forward, but as Gigo, yeah, just seems a bit of like sort of brain dead lump. Um, but yeah, I get it. he is better than the ball, and he's probably more suited to the style of football that we play now. Um, he doesn't it doesn't help his name. I think because of his <laughs> name, it's easy to um to yeah, it's easy to to make fun of him and for the kind of rash qualities that he has. Um, but yeah, that I was kind of um. um 
annoyed about that. I actually didn't think he played that badly when he came on, to be honest, before no, no, sending off. Um, but yeah, um, no, it's, it's, he's not it's, not a massive it's, fan of him, his. But then it's like, is it Gigo or is it Balerdi? Like, which one do you pick? <laughs> like, you well, know, starting for Marseille. So like, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's not a lot to choose between. Um, but yeah, I was kind of more like. I, I, bothered about that one because I felt like that kind of changed the, the, any chance that we had of coming back in the game it kind of killed it off even if it was unlikely by that stage of the game whether we were going to score um, but yeah and I kind of agree with you I think like in the first half Lopez was just fantastic he just made so many great saves especially in the first five minutes I think he made like yeah. three really good saves um, I think if it hadn't been with him yeah you're right we would have been about four or five down probably and um that's kind of uh, a surprise because, like, although he's had a good, some great games at his time in Marseille since he joined us, I think that was probably, I think possibly the most standout from a goalkeeping perspective, um, and you know, tra- like in terms of making short stopping, yeah. short stopping, yeah, just traditional goalkeeping qualities rather than like. <laughs> You know, running out and clearing the ball really well, or but yeah, he was he just made a lot of great saves, um, or good saves. Maybe none of them were great. A lot of them the were bad. One was great was the was the deflected one. Um, yeah, yeah. Pick his hand up, but the others they were straight at him, right? And then, yeah, they were bad finishes from Mbappe last season. He scores yeah. all three of those. Mbappe last season. So. And I think like if say um that Mandanda had been in goals and any of those shots had gone in we would have been like fuck's sake he should have saved that you know um so like a good shot stop i would have saved those you know shitty efforts um from psg mbappe clearly wasn't you know 100 percent in his finishing and um in that match so yeah um but still like credit to lopez i know alex be really happy because he's just been singing <laughs> from the lopez hymn sheet hasn't he since we signed him <laughs> But yeah, so anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, it's, it's, the game, yeah, get, it's a defeat. Yeah. It's it's frustrating because it's yet again and and but we can't really complain when you see how many chances they've missed. Um and, and we don't we don't expect to win that game anyway. So Exactly. But last night's game is a game I think probably we can complain about a bit oh, more. Yes. Um so last night against Lance uh another defeat so that's two defeats in a row in, in Ligue 1. um this game is this was a frustrating defeat because we were the better side i think there's no doubt about that i mean there was pockets of time there was windows like in the first half for example where i was like, oh, kind of like think lance maybe coming into this game a little bit too much at times um but we were the better side for the large part we were quite um composed actually we were playing well we were pressing well we were attacking well I mean but for all the possession that we had for all the good play that we showed and all the chances that we created I don't think we ever really looked to me like scoring I know some I know people pointed out that we had like you know like Klaus hit the post and stuff at the end of the first half and um but I personally thought oh most of our chances were kind of like half chances they weren't really they weren't like I don't think we missed many that were like oh fucking hell how did we miss that we we should be you know we should have scored this many by now it all, like, I don't know for me anyway I just felt like we hadn't um we hadn't really shown throughout the game that we were capable 
of actually seizing the match and I wasn't really entirely shocked that we threw it away in the second as a result. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, and, and How do you feel about it? Do, do you feel that it was a missed opportunity from Marseille or do you think that we showed our limitations in that game? A bit of both. A bit of both, really. You, um, you know, you, as you say, you, we just weren't clinical. Um, we did have chances. We had loads of, maybe not clear-cut, right, but there were loads of chances where um, there was a, there was one in, in towards the end of the first half where Tavares crosses it in, Sanchez dives for it and just misses it by, a, you know, a, a hair. And Klaus, you know, yeah, hits the post there, but it was probably the most difficult of all of the ones he had. He had another one where he, he just... He just um, crosses it too much. Um, uh, I think, you know, in the second half, you've got Gendouzi as well. He sort of scuffs one or, or he doesn't shoot when he's got a window to shoot. Um, and he's, he's really close to the to, to the, the danger area, which is the six-yard box. So it's, it was just frustrating, as you say, because it's just... Uh, we're now in a situation where not only is Tudor getting a bit found out and we've been seeing this for a few weeks and it's normal because you know our athletic qualities with Tavares close and, and just the quality of, of players that, that, that some some of them are like Arit and Sanchez should be enough against 90% of, of the Ligue 1 teams but against these these bigger teams who are closer to in level to us and who who last have beaten us three times at the Villarreal in the last three games right um against these teams you can't miss those chances. You know you will get punished. I, I called it. We were at the bar, like I think there was twenty of us, and I, I called it. Minute, you know, after twenty-five minutes, I said, "Yep, yeah, they're going to score. Or they're going to they're going to get away with, you know, dodgy one-nil win," and they did. Um, and th- there's a few things that, that have been bugging me, and th- so Tavares is one of them. Um, you know, he started brightly. I still think rate him highly. I think he's, he he does really well for us, but. In the last few games, he he's he just he plays too complicated. He tries to go for the dribble too much. He tries to to be too fancy with a flick or a back heel at times when you're just like, mate, just play it simple because you'll give away possession and we get caught out. Or or there was a simpler option. And so so he's one of those that I think it's you know it's 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 difficult because you want him to be confident and you want him to try those things, but when they're not coming off, then it's it flips the other way and you're like, mate, you're getting too cocky now. You just need to, to, to tone it down a bit and, and just play normal football. Stop trying to, to beat every man by yourself. So he's one of them. <clears throat> um, Arit looked cooked and I think he's finally, you know, we, we've seen his level. I've been very impressed with him, but but he, he looks like he's paying the price for joining us so late and not having as harsh a preseason as the others because he, he looks like he's, he's a bit cooked in, in second half of games. Um, which means that he's not making the individual differences that you would like him to, whether that's dribbling past two players or picking a pass or or, or using his um, you know sort of uh, his acceleration to break a few lines. So that's that's costing us. Um, and Sanchez is just running everywhere, and he's you know really really liked. I think a couple of times in the first half he, he tracked back and and you know tackled and won the ball back for us at the halfway line after losing it. However. That's gonna that's gonna exhaust you, and and when you want him in the box, finishing, he either isn't there because he's 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 too far back after after you know dropping deep to recover the balls, and it's it's just the same old Benedetto ended up having to do the same because he wasn't getting service, and Germain, despite his obvious limitations, was the same, and 
we, we've just got this problem at Marseille. We kill, we seem to kill whoever we put in that number nine position physically. And then it's it's back to, you know, the, the squad building thing. And, and you, you did call it out, to be fair to you, Steph. You did say, look, if we, we've taken a few more gambles and, and all of this chopping and changing the whole squad again is, is not going to be a good thing. And we've we've been lucky so far. And we've, we, we showed Tudor is doing some good work. The system with the players that we have is very effective against many teams. But letting Milik leave, I understand the reasons. It was the right thing for everybody, seemingly. But not replacing him when you know that, that Jeng was, uh, was obviously, for whatever reason, um, cast aside. And Luis Suarez is, is not the real Luis Suarez. And despite the fact he's got three goals for us, he's, he's very limited for me. But... It, you know, it just seems like poor, poor squad construction, poor strategy to not bring in a striker to fit the system, and uh, which would enable um, Sanchez to drop back next to Arit and Gendouzi to drop back next to Angers because, again, Veretout is is quite anonymous. Even though I think last night was one of his best games, we, we're struggling, and and we're now, you know, it's three defeats in a row in the league. There's still a lot of games to play but you know mentally this is gonna this is gonna take a bit of a toll really because if if we we've got um Strasbourg Lyon and then Monaco left before we break up for the World Cup if you if you don't get many points from those games and and you you let Lyon catch up to you and you let Monaco catch up to you uh suddenly it's very difficult you know it's a very different analysis of the first half of the season for me if that happens yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I think we, we talked about it off um, off the podcast yesterday, clearly. like And we mentioned that actually in one of the recent episodes. Yeah, clearly we, we we just lack that kind of finishing touch. And, you know, we... we I mean, you're right. Like, Milik, we let him go. We didn't replace him. But, like, he wasn't... Probably doesn't... Didn't look, look during pre-season like he would have fit into this side. Um, but the problem is, is that... Yeah, clearly we lack uh, a proper goal-scoring number nine, but we also, as much as we need someone who is a natural finisher, we also need someone who can press, who can who can work hard for the team, and it's quite hard to find a player like that who isn't an absolute global superstar. Who you know, someone that can do both those things. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the like you know talented natural nines are lazy fucks, or the you know, hundred million pound players. So, um, yeah, you've. It's a bit. I, I get your point, but you know, you've got Sanchez, right? Who, who, and and arguably Mbemba, who's who's so far for me our best signing, right? In terms of the consistency he's shown and the level that he's at and stuff. But but we've signed those sort of big names and experienced players, and um, you know, it's kind of frustrating. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't personally take Guri because I don't think he's the right profile. But but you know, Gaëtan Laborde or. or there's a couple of others in Ligue 1, like Sotoka, Lance, um, yeah, who, who yeah. maybe you know they're not they're not star names and they're not they're not going to score 25 goals a season, but they'll get you 10, 15, but they'll make the others around them score just because of they play that role so well. And and when they do get a ball in the area, they they, they get on the end of it and they bury it. Um, it's a bit like a Pagis a Pagis type player is it would be ideal in this in this sort of uh, in this system I think because you think, I kind of player. find him a bit more of a classy player but um okay no, it's, it's um, just his new capability was good and yeah but that's what we're missing and, and it's frustrating because it's 
with, when a team susses out the system, which wasn't the case last night because I thought we created enough to score. We should have scored at least two goals by half time. We created more than enough. But when you when you don't bury those chances and, and those half chances and you're not clinical, you get found out against the better teams. And that's that that used to happen to us a lot in the Champions League, and it's going to happen to us in Liga because of whatever strategic decision was taken to freeze out Dieng and, and continue freezing him out, seemingly, because he's still not barely getting any minutes. Um, and I, again, on the side note, I don't understand. He got a fucking standing ovation when he came on last night. I mean, I think he's becoming a bit of a, he's got, well, he has got a, some sort of cult following. Uh, yes, uh, events, but I don't really think it's very justified. Um, I don't it's not James, mate. It's not Samuel Fukunetto, right? I know he's not really done a lot. Like, I mean, I, okay, he scored a few goals last season. Um, not that he many, and he too. scored a nice over uh, kick. But I don't. I think he's done a lot. He's, well, a lot of the time, sorry, when we've seen him, he's looked not at the level technically, and like his finishing is poor. Like, you know, he might score one, but he'll miss like five to score one. So yeah, anyway, I to me, he's not the solution. He's never going to be the solution in this current team. I don't. I can't see it. The coach clearly doesn't think he's a solution. So, and the president clearly wants to sell him. Uh, so I don't really. Yeah, forget, forget, forget about Dieng. It's not like we, 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 if, if Luis Suarez doesn't miraculously turn out to be the player that we need, then we need to sign someone else um, because that, it's, yeah, there's a missing piece of the puzzle clearly. Yeah. Um, and I don't see Milik coming back, and I don't think he's doing much at Juventus, but. I don't see him coming back, and even if he does come back, I don't think he's going to work out for us. Um, so yeah, we probably need to sign someone, and then like we might sign someone because that's kind of what the the president does, isn't it? He he's a bit of a wheeler dealer. He likes to bring in players and and sees opportunities. So maybe he might find someone on the market. I don't know who, um, but I, I agree with you. Maybe it doesn't have to be like some superstar. I think, um, and which is probably why we 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 went for Suarez. But it just needs to be someone who's a bit better than what we've got. I, in terms of a bit a bit of finisher, um, but still fits the system. Um, well, and I think like you know they might they might be guys you know you mentioned the league. Someone who knows the league would be ideal. Yeah, ideally, but there might be guys. I know he doesn't like to buy players like from the league very often, but I mean I, I and there's players that I like the league, but they're maybe not realistic right now. Um, but um, I don't know. Like there's guys out there. You know, you look at and I'm not saying this guy. As an example, as, as sorry, as the guy that we should target, but just an example about how like um, teams will like look for kind of uh, sort of makeshift op- options. You look at someone like um, Brucey Dortmund, and uh, who's the guy they signed? Some Ali. He got he got injured and he signed uh, Anthony Modest. Yep. And he, you know he's old and like he's been a bit up and down in his career, but he's a guy who can score goals and stuff, you know, and he's just like a good cheap kind of like short term option we probably could I'm not saying it would have been him but like you know that's the kind of maybe caliber that we might have to look at when we don't have a lot of money you know just look for someone who can just do the job we might not be the next um I don't know Berlin Ireland but you might be someone who can just do a job at this level for us um and put the ball in the net a bit more confidently or ball shoot a bit more confidently than who we've currently got. Sanchez is Sanchez can finish actually. His main issue is that he's not a natural 
striker. He's not a natural number nine. He is a forward, but he's not a pure number nine. He's like a nine and a half. And so he doesn't get into the it's right position. He, yeah. he, he, earlier in his career, because of his energy, his pace, he would make goals, but he's not someone who gets he's not someone who gets into the position where people can find him and he makes goals out of like his movement he makes them he's the kind of guy that makes him with the ball at his feet if that makes any sense um so yeah i just think he's and you know when you're struggling to find openings then he's just not going to be the, he's not going to be the uh, and, and depending on the, the game but like when you know sometimes you just need someone that can kind of run off make that run off the back the last defender the back of the last defender and just find little pockets of space for his teammates um, to um, locate him, you know, and that's why I was saying like the group yesterday. I know people like scoff at this, but I just I think not in his like um, not in terms of his uh, like overall kind of compatibility with this squad, but because then is not. But we need a player that's got that kind of um, natural number nine movement and finishing like someone like Icardi or Immobile, that kind of, you know, those pure natural forwards that just know how to make that last little move. But I know that both of them don't fit our style, but that's kind of, we need someone who's got a bit of that in them. It's just like, that's that's their bread and butter. Because um, when, and even if it's not someone you can start, someone you can bring on and they just find those little pockets of space um, and, and, it makes it a lot easier for guys like Arit or Gerson or Payet, whoever was behind, who is trying to make that final pass if the guy that you're trying to find knows where to go. So, um, yeah, and, every, every team has it, right? I mean, um, I mean, forget PSG, but, but, you know, as old as he's getting, look at Monaco. Ben Yedder, he's there every fucking season. He's in the top scorer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jonathan David at Lille, he's there. And actually, quite, I think tonight... Yeah, he's an four, interesting player, yeah. It's 4-3 to, to Lille against Monaco currently. There's a few minutes left. But, um, you know, they've, they've bagged, each bagged a couple of goals. So, um, Laborde uh, Rennes, he was that man. And now they've got Guiri and Laborde's gone to Nice. And I think he is struggling a bit more. Um, but, but all you know, all of those top teams in the top five, six have a striker. We're the only one that doesn't. And it, they do, it, but I don't. I don't. I know some of them are slightly different styles, you know. Um, so I don't know if they would hundred percent do what we need them to do. But uh, I don't know. I need to think about it more. But um, but yeah, like we I mean, they, at the end of the day, they've got forwards that are going to score lots of goals, and we don't really have anyone that looks like they're going to score lots of goals this season. I thought Sanchez might, but it might be a bit of a big ass to expect him to get more than like 12, 13 goals, you know. In the league, in the league, yeah. I think, yeah, I think overall he'll get 20, but yeah, um, maybe. Just looking at the list now from last year, like Martin Terrier, 21 goals, Moussa Dembele, 21 goals, yeah, granted, I like him. Yeah. Uh, Delors, 20, 18 goals. You know, Bayou for, for Clermont has gone to Lille at 14 goals. So uh, Payet's our top scorer in the league at 12 goals, and, and we don't have a single other player in the top in the top 20. And um, it's just it's just those types of profiles you look at it and you go, they're nothing special, but they'll do the job for us in Ligue 1. Um, yeah, so yeah. I understand if you want to start Sanchez in the difficult Champions League games, so he's got experience and it fits the system better in terms of pressing and stuff. Fine, but 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 not having an alternative and you know casting Dieng aside as we said and letting Milik go, letting Bakambu go, you know nobody's regretting Bakambu, but but you you've left yourself exposed in in that critical position where we've we've always struggled 
in the last five six years and, and yet again we're here and we're, we're regretting that we don't have we don't have that proven goal scorer as you say yeah um i mean the i think it's worth highlighting that the goal that we lost was a bit of a fluke goal you know it kind of came out of nowhere at a period of the game where we were dominating and they sort of countered the guy hits a, what was his name? Is it that Dos Santos? Or he had a Portuguese name of some sort, the the guy that scored, didn't he? Um and he um yeah, he hits this long range shot and it def- takes this huge deflection and ends up in the back of the net. And it's a kind of a cru- it's a bit of a cruel goal to lose, I think. But after we lost the goal, you never felt like we were gonna pull it pull one back even because you know, there was enough time to you know, to to score to score an equaliser. It wasn't like it was like three minutes before the end or anything like that. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of felt like we were beaten. I felt I don't know if we showed like we had the um, character to sort of bounce back. Uh, it, it, it's difficult because I think, it, and this is one of the games where Tudor left it too late to make the subs, and and it's just that bad timing, right? When you when you make the subs. And you swap your free forward players, and then you concede straight away, and they they're not even you know they've, they've barely had time to warm up or anything. So so instead of finding yourself in a position where they're gonna you know they're gonna make runs and and the other team's gonna continue defending and stuff, and but they're gonna expose themselves a little because they're probably gonna try and nick a goal as well. If they score one straight away and suddenly they they put ten men behind the ball and it, it just ruins the game plan. But but I don't think there was much of a as you say there was just the, the heads dropped. Clearly the frustration set in. Everybody knew it was one of those cruel evenings that we, we experienced too often at the Villadome, sadly, and especially against Lens. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, despite that, it's not all groom because we, I felt, I thought it was definitely one of our better performances in terms of the, the amount of chances we created. Um, but not necessarily you know again just not finishing not being clinical if you don't bury the ball you, you won't win games and um in in Liga we've we, we haven't scored for three games um as simple as that and one of them was you know granted PSG but Ajaxio at home um was the last time we scored it says two games sorry and that was a penalty um so it, we either we either have scenarios where we struggle to create or we either have scenarios where we create loads, but we don't score, and then we 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 get punished, or we don't, or we or we draw needlessly. So, hopefully, you know, yes, we're playing Frankfurt, but we're then going away to Strasbourg next week, and they're 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 really struggling, like they're they're shit, um, like Angers sort of levels. So hopefully, we find our scoring boots, and we we sort of regain some confidence before before hosting Lyon and then going to Monaco in the in the final two Ligue 1 games before the World Cup, but. Clearly, it's yeah, it's, it's a sort of it's a worrying trend, um, and we will be able to. Well, you know, we know that there's a January transfer window and stuff, but that's not that's not the window to get a striker, is it? Unless you get a back on boot to complete the squad, but you're not going to sign a starter in that window. So he he Tudor's now a bit of a crossroad. He's either going to have to adapt slightly, or they're going to have to tell Sanchez to stop running pressing so much. And to, to concentrate on being a, an out and out nine, and and I don't think that that's that's Tudor's game plan. I don't think that's his style anyway, Sanchez. So it's a bit cruel. We're what we're four points from Lyon, uh, so from behind last now. We're fourth in the table. 
realistically, we can't afford to, to drop more than than uh, you know. We need we need to at least draw against Lyon, Monaco, to not let them back into it. And but if we lose one or two of those, one or both of those games, we're in, we're in big trouble, um, possibly mentally, because you expect Lorient to slow down a bit, but but Rennes are really off to a really good start, like they were last season. Lens are looking solid. Uh, who knows? Lyon after after the World Cup when they worked with Blanc for a month and a half, they might kick and find find great form. We could be the ones left behind. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it is does feel early in the season, but um, the season is a little bit different this year, isn't it? So we've got to bear that in mind, and you kind of want to go into the world, you know, the World Cup um, period, knowing that you've not kind of just capitulated in the games before it. Um, I don't know what kind of state people are going to come back from the World Cup, but um, I mean, fortunately for us, like we probably are not going to lose that many players to the World Cup, but uh, uh, I think a few will be there. Um, but yeah, I, 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 there's some tough games coming up, and clearly, like, it's not just about losing points against your Leons and your Monacos, it's about the kind of mental impact of that, and, you know, in terms of the the squad's morale and, and confidence. If we if we if we fall to our main rivals, like uh, I, I mean, I know they're not our main rivals currently in the table, but like each season they're the kind of ones that we're sort of expecting to be kind of fighting it out with, and we've got that kind of, especially with Leon, we've got that actual like proper, you know, rivalry with. Um, so yeah, I think we need, you know, we need to not lose those games. Really, I think that's really important um, for just for cycle and um, the psychological well-being of the squad um but yeah and um, we'll see uh it's still early in the season i think let's see how we get on after the break you know we can in the the window the january window as well i i think it'll be kind of interesting to see how the, those post world cup and that sort of play out um it might be too early to kind of um speculate too much about how the seasons are going to go um next week we've got uh i think it's Strasbourg, is it um is the yeah, next game um yeah. so that they're always a kind of funny team to play and um, that I, I i was like kind of i mean they're not a great season so far so i think like I, I usually always find them quite difficult they can be quite a difficult team but they're not a great season so far they're not in good form so i think that's a game that we can look at look ahead to and think like let's pick up some three points um and that kind of changes everything, you know, like, uh, especially, as you, you know, we, we we talked about earlier on in the podcast about how, like, you know, a form in the Champions League is different from a form in the league. And, you know, when you're playing that many games at the moment in such a short period of time, it can kind of bounce up and down sometimes as well. So we, we could lose uh, Frankfurt midweek and then we'll, uh, suddenly our form in the league starts picking up uh, um, in, in contrast to that. So we'll just wait and see. Um I just, before I finish up on Lawrence, I just wanted to say, you know, it was kind of interesting, actually, um, was, on the UK WhatsApp group, we were just talking at the weekend about the number of players that played for both Marcy and Lawrence, oh, and yeah. there's so many of them. Um, so you should, ha- for the listeners, you should have a look Well, you know, um, well, you can uh, give, give it a Google because you'll be amazed at the number of players. Like, I mean, you'll remember them all. They're mostly quite high you know, most of them quite high profile players for OM, but it's just quite surprising how many have kind of played for two clubs. So that's kind of fun. Um, I don't know what your person, who your favourite was, but if I was to pick one, 
I mean, Lloyd Rennie was always, was, he's one of my favourite players for OM in recent years, so I'd probably pick him, actually, but then he's an obvious one. But yeah, what about you, Ben? What's your, who's your favourite player to to play for both Lance and Marseille? <laughs> Shoot, man. <laughs> I don't know. Don't um, know. I mean, certainly one of the ones that had the best careers is, uh, and, and sadly, frustratingly, barely played for us, but he went to Lance and won the league, was a Seydou Keita. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very frustrating. Yeah. We've had loads. We've had the uh, Frédéric Deu. We've had. There's a lot. There's been loads, loads, loads. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I couldn't really pick a favourite. Probably Remy as well, just because he, he had a really good impact to the WM. And, um, and at last, he, I think he went to last, didn't he? Lyon, sort of, he was a Lyon reject. So he went to last and really kickstarted his career. And then. Um, then he went to Nice, and then he came to us. So, yeah, yeah, he's probably the 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 best one in terms of the ones the, the ones that played for them and then for us. Yeah, he's the kind of player that we just don't sign. You know, it's just a shame because he's like your kind of greedy type. You know, that it's just that you know talented young French player with lots of potential. He, he was a finisher. He could. Yeah. But we just don't sign those kind of players very often. And even that summer when we signed him and uh, Gignac in the same summer, they weren't the kind of players that we were normally signing um, mm. even at that time. But So they were kind of, especially for Deschamps, to sign young, hungry French players rather than like he was used to signing kind of well, you know, sort of proven, more experienced players at European level. Um, um, he wanted Luis Fabiano, didn't he, from Sydney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole summer chasing him. Glad we didn't yeah. sign him because his career kind of like, yeah, it and then uh, and then for a couple of weeks after that it was Gilardino. That's right. Yeah. Again, <laughs> then, also he also has created kind of disappeared. <laughs> which which it, they would have done at OM anyway, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, I do. I did like Remy. I just really liked his style. He's probably the last kind of. But yeah, he's put. He's put in, in the last sort of 10, 15 years. He's probably the forward that I've found the most exciting. You know. Um, like I kind of felt there was a lot of potential there. You know, you felt, oh, how good could he be? But his career didn't maybe quite pan out how it probably could have. Um. Anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um. I think that was quite a good, quick sort of run through of. I mean, we still did an hour, but quite <laughs> kind of quick, fast-paced run through of all the games. So um, yeah, it was a good catch up. Always good. Um, you've got a very happy event coming up, so we won't hear from you for a couple of weeks, but I hope it all goes well, mate. And uh, we'll, we'll, the show must go on, so you will be hearing from me probably hosting quite a bit. Apologies in advance. Um, and Alex and Julien and, and Jeremy and hopefully Tomas will be back too. So, yeah, we'll keep the show going while you're away, but uh, best of luck. Hope, hope everything goes well, mate. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we might get a, a little episode out next weekend, see how things go. But yeah, um, but I, you know, as always, we'll try and get stuff out as often as we can. Um, but yeah, it sort of depends on availability, doesn't it? But yeah, thanks everyone anyway for listening to us. Try we try to get things out consistently on the same days, but it's not always easy. But um, it's, it's just too many games, isn't it? So. Yeah, these days it's impossible. <laughs> that anyway, has been so. an issue. So, yeah, um, when we can. But, yeah, we'll catch you all next time. And, yeah. Thanks, guys.